0: Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an Ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for Not Parent Expected or Non-Paternal Event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 91. Let's open today with a blog post I have open in front of me. It's called the seven stages of NPE grief. Now you may have heard of the five stages of grief. But the author of this article, Gina Daniels, expands on the many stages and phases that an NPE may process with their new life narrative. And this and other supportive resources, articles, and blog posts can be found at npeguide.com. Gina Daniels was from episode 19, so she's a previous guest of this podcast, as well as Richard Wenzel from episode 71. They have been developing this new online website. The NPE Guide has immediate self-care ideas, supports, and resources. It discusses emotions that may occur, and they are continuously uploading blog posts and articles. Richard and Gina, I want to personally say that you two Really validated so many of my emotions in your articles that I read. So well done. Nice collaboration. So, again, that site is npeguide.com and that's npe as a not parent expected. And now we are going to listen to an npe story today. And today we have Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Lily. Hi. Cindy, have you look familiar to me? Have we met on a webinar before? No, I don't think we have. No, we have. Okay, well then, I guess this is, you know, where where I'm actually looking at you today. I don't normally get the privilege of looking at my guests, so um, I just feel like it's so nice to actually connect with another NPE. And I guess maybe I just know you from the forums, from around the forums.
1: That could be. I have a familiar face. <laughs>
0: so miss Cindy, um, we are going to listen to your story and I guess I should ask, but would you like to start at the beginning and let us know what your original family was like and take it from
1: there? Sure. I can do that. Thank you, Lily, for having me on. And thank you for all the work that you've done. I've listened to all your podcasts and I've appreciated every one of them. Absolutely. So, um, my original family uh, comes from uh, 19, the 1950s is when I was born. And so it was a 1950s family, uh, mother, father, and I have a sister, one sister. And uh, I grew up uh, pretty much like everyone else during that time period. My mother worked full time, though. And so I spent a lot of time with my grandparents on my father's side. And they helped raise me Uh, every summer I spent on their little farm on Bashon Island. And it was a really good upbringing. I really enjoyed my childhood very much until I turned into a teenager. And uh, when I was a teenager, I really felt out of place. And I didn't feel like I fit anywhere. And I got into a lot of trouble. But uh, I worked my way out of that. And um, I had a a great mom and a great dad. And um, my sister and I were five years apart. We've never really gotten along well. We don't look anything alike. We don't act anything alike. And we're kind of like oil and water. And so we don't have much of a relationship. And we didn't growing up and we still don't. Both my mother and father have passed on and my sister is still with us. Back in about five years ago, I decided that I would buy a DNA test kit for um, the reason of my first husband. He was adopted and I had two children by him and he's uh, been gone now for quite a few years. But my daughters always wondered where their dad was from. So I thought I had this great idea to buy uh, three DNA kits uh, one for each of my daughters and one for myself and whatever came up ethnicity wise that wasn't mine that they could see that was their actual, their father's Mm -hmm. ethnicity. Mm -hmm. And I thought that would be really great. They could see where they were from both on my side and his side. And so that's why I got the DNA kits back about five years ago. And In doing so, I got so excited about genealogy. I thought I would go ahead and get another DNA kit and test my father's brother, who is still alive. And uh, because Ancestry says to go ahead and test, especially your elders, while they're still with us. So I thought I would do that. Well, that test came back, and there was no connection to my father's brother my uncle Chester, who I was very close to and who I identified with that side of the family very much because I was raised being with them a lot, my dad's side of the family and the grandparents. And so I called Ancestry and told them that their test was all screwed up (laughs) and that there's no way in the world that I wouldn't be connected to my uncle And so they said they would send me a new kit and they never said anything else to me about it. So they sent me a new kit and I retested my uncle again and it came back the same way as not related to me. So I thought, well, this doesn't make any sense. So I quietly called one of his one of my uncle's daughters, my cousin, and asked if she would test. And so I got her to test and no connection was seen there either with me. So I, I thought, well, what in the hell is going on here? It just really surprised me and it didn't make any sense to me. So I started testing all my cousins and I think I sent out and asked, Oh, I've tested probably about 16 different people. And uh, I wasn't related to any of them. So it was pretty obvious to me that I have a different father. And that really shocked, shocked me silly. I didn't know how to react to that very, very well. And I cried and cried and cried for months. I cried and I gave up on the genealogy part. And I just put ancestry stuff all away because it was, it was too much to bear my my dad is deceased and my mom is deceased. So there was no one to ask. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going on. And I felt really overwhelmed with the whole idea of it. But during this time, I was getting messages through ancestry from a fourth cousin who said, I don't recognize you. Who are you? You're a relative of mine. Well, I just wrote her off in my head thinking that she's got to be some distant cousin that I've never heard of before, but after the test came back and I wasn't related to any of my father's side of the family, I wrote her on through ancestry and said, this is what's happened. Uh, Somehow I'm related to you and I'm not related to the man that raised me. Uh, And, I'm not sure what to do from here. And she wrote me back and said she was pretty sure she knew how I was related, but it wasn't her place to say anything about it. Uh, She didn't want to get involved in that. So she left it that way. And let me, let me know that there was another father out there somewhere. And um, during this time, I was thinking a lot about my mom and all the years I was growing up, my mom talked about how when my dad went into the military back in the fifties, he w- went to the service after they were married, and how lonely she was. And when she would talk about it, she would have such um, such a, a a feeling in her voice of despair about how lonely she was while he was gone, and That was during the time I was conceived. So I figured that my dad was on leave when I was conceived. But no, I was conceived at another time uh, when he was away. So I started putting two and two together. And I started, once I got over the crying part, I started going through everything on ancestry, trying to figure out who I was related to. And it, it was quite the mystery and it was the first time I ever really felt like someone who was adopted probably feels, and that is the longing to find out where you come from. It was such a strong urge in me. I couldn't, it was like an obsession. I needed to find out where I came from and who my dad was and what happened and, uh, I found several rel- relatives on Ancestry and I started stalking them on Facebook and, and trying to figure out who was who. And I actually came up with um, a man that is deceased, but he oh, he was a police officer and he worked in, in Seattle as a police officer. My mom was a legal secretary for the prosecuting attorney. And when I put that together, I realized that this man has got to be my father. So uh, that was quite a shock to me. But I, I wrote the fourth cousin that had been emailing me. And I wrote her and said, this is what I've discovered. And this is who I think I'm related to. And she somewhat confirmed it. She didn't want to get too involved. And she didn't want to cause a mess, I guess. So she, she confirmed it in a way that, that I understood that I was right. So I thought, well, what am I going to do now? Because I know that this man is gone. So I thought, well, you know, I think I'll, I think I'll write his wife, his wife is still alive. And so I thought, well, if I write his wife, maybe I can find out uh, something about this man and um i didn't know anything about him or anything but i found out that i have five siblings and this woman that was my fourth cousin her name was jenny and jenny had told me that um i have these five siblings and so i was going to write the the mother of these people and the next thing I know, I, I got a pretty uh, terse email from one of my siblings saying, whatever you do, do not write our mother. Oh. And he said um, that it turns out that my biological father was engaged to her during the time that he was with my mom. And of course, my mom was married. Uh uh, but he was engaged, and so they didn't want their mother to find out, and she is still alive. So I told I wrote back my sibling and said, Oh, I have no intention of writing her then. I just wanted to know something about him. and could you t- fill me in then on what this man was like and who he was? and um anything you can tell me about him? So uh, we agreed to meet. And I ended up having uh, lunch with two of my sisters, my new half-sisters, and that was three years ago. And it it was a good meeting, and I thought it went well. But since then, they have pretty much kind of blocked me and don't want much to do with me. And that really, well, that was hard because I kept emailing one of them. And she basically said, don't email me anymore.
0: Mm.
1: So um, I hadn't heard from any of the other siblings, and I didn't know if they knew about me. So about a year ago, I just got, so I just was tired of waiting. Um, The sibling that had emailed me told me that once their mother was gone, they would accept me with open arms. And they didn't want to take a chance of their mother finding out about me. And so it f- felt awful waiting for someone to die. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't like that idea, but that's basically what it came down to. And uh, so last year, I messaged my one of my brothers. I've got two brothers and three sisters. Uh, half uh, from this man, from my biological father. And I I uh, messaged the one brother and he responded. And since then, uh, he's been really forthcoming about being my brother yeah. and has accepted me. And we've gotten together uh, several times now in the last year. And He's just a great guy, and he's treated me really good. Uh, and it's so interesting to look at someone and see them look back at you with your face, because we look alike.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I don't look anything like my sister that I was raised with. So to find someone that that actually looks like me, it was just really, um, it felt really good to mm-hmm. me to. To meet him and to get to know him and to have him accept me like that. Um, Also, I've got uh, a very large family I found out of cousins, and the cousins have accepted me very well. And I've been to just recently a barbecue with one of the cousins, uh, their family, and there's a lot of them, and they're very accepting and have been very kind to me. It's been really wonderful. So I've got the five siblings and I've just got the relationship with the brother.
0: Just but the one brother.
1: Yeah. But there's one other sister that just came around just the last week and contacted me and said that she wanted to meet me. Really? But she, Yeah. I'm, And I'm very excited. Supposedly I looked the most like her of any of the siblings. So I was very excited. She's moving to Arizona from here. And so I'm not going to get a chance to meet her before she moves, but it's a good reason to go to Arizona and visit her. So I'd really like to get to know her a little bit. Um, All the time I was growing up, my, my mom and dad would always say things to me like, oh, where did you get that from? You didn't get that from us. And that would be like, uh, like I'm a repair person. And so that's what I do for a living. I've, uh, uh repaired appliances for a living. And, um, I've also am an inside wireman and I would go over to my parents' house and fix things. And my mom would say, well, I don't know where that came from. Where did that come from? Where did you learn how to do that? How that didn't come from your dad and I, cause my dad the The Dad that raised me, my birth certificate certificate father, he wasn't handy at all. Mm-hmm. he was uh he didn't know how to hold a screwdriver. I've never seen him hold a tool, but I'm really good with tools and i I can take care of myself and my home and and I've earned a living that way too. and I found out that my biological father was very handy so i I figure I must have gotten that from him. So that's something that I got from him. And I feel good about that. Uh, And come to find out that this man, my biological father, is a really decent, good man. He was a good father and a good husband for all those years. He was a police officer for most of those years. And somebody that the community really looked up to. So I feel really good about saying that he's my, my dad. Uh, he's my biological dad and my birth certificate dad, he will always be my dad. So instead of crying about it, I feel good about it. It's been enough years and I can say I have two dads and both of them are outstanding men. So I feel very, very good about that. And I'm not crying anymore.
0: Mm, I like that feeling. Yes. And you don't think your biological father ever knew you of your existence, or knew that you you were his?
1: I don't think he did. But uh, when I when I look back, um, I was born blonde, and I was blonde until I was a, a younger child of five or six or seven. Right in there, I turned my hair turned more brown. Um, and my sister that I was raised with was brunette from day one, and both my parents have had dark hair, so it was kind of like, um, it was kind of obvious, <laughs> but, that no one said anything. And, and I don't look like my sister that I was raised with. And I mm-hmm. didn't look like my, um, birth certificate father. So, um, it's, it's interesting, but I don't think, I don't think that my biological father knew, and, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure my birth certificate father didn't know, mm-hmm. um, if he did, he certainly hit it well, but I really don't think he knew. I don't think my mother told anyone. She went to her death without telling anyone mm-hmm. because I I contacted her best friend um, and asked her best friend at one point if she knew anything about me, and her best friend knew nothing. Yeah. And my mom didn't tell anyone. She kept it a secret to her dying day.
0: Mm. And you, you have kind of figured it out. sounds like you did some backwards math and you figured out you were conceived when your, your dad was away in the service.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: And, but that doesn't, you know, who knows how long he was gone versus back home. It could be a couple weeks here and there, which would be confusing to figure out versus if he was gone for say six months at a time, it would be harder to see that you were his child. That's right. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm getting that. I mean,
1: people might have said that I was a premiere or something because yeah. I was born at exactly the right time, I think, to match my birth certificate father being home, but no one said anything about it. Okay. And my mother, I realized at the time, if my mother had told anyone, if she had an inkling that I wasn't my birth certificate father's child, Oh, I can't imagine what would have happened to her back then in the 50s. Oh, yeah.
0: That
1: was that was a time where she would have been ostracized and and we would have been put out on the street.
0: Yep. Yep. I believe it. I, I know. I mean, I don't know, but that's what I'm hearing about that time frame. And your five siblings, your new five half siblings, their mother is still alive, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yes. She is. I'm, I'm really sorry about that, you know, that lunch you had with your two half sisters. And then this is, seems to be kind of, unfortunately, a repeat story with a lot of NPEs where you start to form a connection with the new half siblings, and then they go cold on you, they ghost you, they, whatever fear they have, I don't, I can't even explain all of a sudden they go missing. And I can't imagine how upsetting that must have been to you. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah even their brother didn't re- doesn't really understand why because he seems to enjoy my company and um he doesn't have a problem with me being his friend I mean cuz no one's going to tell their mother you know
0: Yeah yeah Oh yeah I'm sorry about that I'm you know best of luck with the new half sister I'm I'm guessing this isn't, is this one of the sisters you've already had lunch with that you're going to connect with?
1: No, it's a different sister. I haven't met her. I haven't even talked to her until actually just two days ago, she started texting me. She got my phone number from uh, her brother, our brother, and uh, she started texting me and sending me pictures. So it's like she just accepted me uh, all of a sudden. I heard that my siblings, the two sisters I had lunch with, had kept it from their other siblings. So not all of them knew at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They they hid it, and um, it really upset the other siblings when they found out that it was hidden from them, that I was around, that I was alive.
0: Yeah. Okay, now I'm curious. So this third half-sister that's just made, finally started texting you. I'm just curious mostly because I wonder how long it took her to kind of internally work through that acceptance piece. How many months or years do you think she had this mulling around this information mulling around inside of her before she was ready to to reach out?
1: I think it's been about a year that she's, she's known about me and been mulling it about. So, and I think it's just because her brother has become so accepting of me and she's heard that he's spent so much time with me. I think that might be the only reason that, that she's come around maybe. So I'll take it. <laughs> yes,
0: people want to hear this. There is hope for some of us, for our <laughs> for our silent half-siblings. So I'm 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 happy for you. I hope that goes well. Continues to go well.
1: Thank you. And my other sibling, the one that I was raised with, I told you we've never had a really good relationship, but she found out through a cousin, our cousin, on my by um, birth certificate father's side, about me being another man's daughter. Yeah, And she came unglued, I guess, and had a fit about it and said that I was making it all up to make her mom look bad. So she doesn't want to believe it at all. And it's such a ridiculous thing. Who would want their mom to look bad like that? I mean, I I wouldn't make that up for anybody.
0: No way. You would never want to go through this pain. You would never want to make this sort of thing up. And oh, I'm sorry. It sounds like she's choosing denial. That's her. That's where she wants to be.
1: Yes, I'm afraid so.
0: Denial and blame, right? And blame. Right. Yeah. Wow. Ouch, ouch, very hurtful. So you're not going to get any support from her?
1: None, no, I'm afraid.
0: No, oh, I'm sorry.
1: But the rest of my family, uh, the ones that I thought I was related to, but I, I am no longer, they've been really wonderful to me in accepting of me being a different man's daughter. Uh, they said family is family and I'm still family. So that makes me feel really good because mm-hmm. I, I'm. They mean a lot to me, and they were such a part of my life growing up. I can't imagine losing them. So they don't seem to think twice about me being someone else's.
0: Oh, oh, that's got to feel good.
1: Yeah, it feels really good.
0: I just think it's so amazing that your fourth cousin messaged you on was that Ancestry or Twenty Three andme Me? Ancestry. That's I'm because I I have people like second cousins, even first cousins on my. I believe that would be my, yeah, my paternal side that I can't get to respond. So how nice that she was. I mean, sounds like she didn't want to get too involved, (laughs) but at least she was willing to message you a bit in the beginning and help you out with some of, with confirming some of your information.
1: That's right. Yeah. It meant a lot to me. And since then I've met her for lunch once so I could meet her because I wanted to thank her for her help. Yeah because it meant a lot to me to help. Because when I first started going down the pathway of trying to find out who my biological father was, I, I was going down the wrong path for a little bit, and I thought it was a different man. And she clarified that it's not him. Oh, <laughs> and okay. told me that it's not that man. Okay. So that led me in the right direction to find out who it was. Once I realized that this man, my biological father was a police officer and knowing where my mother worked, it made perfect sense because police officers always have to go into the prosecuting attorney's offices for different things. So that's how they had to have met.
0: That's where the probably, possibly probably the connection between your mom and biological father was.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to believe that it's a love story and that they were, uh, infatuated with each other, if nothing else, and that I was conceived in love. I don't have anyone to tell me any different. And that's my choice to believe that I, I don't want to believe anything else except for that. And that makes me feel good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, really? that does. I like that story. And you said you found out like five years ago, I'm I'm talking to you. You're lovely. Uh, You you feel you have like a really kind of a positive vibe to you. Uh, But you do. You did the beginning talk about you know being devastated when you had to figure this out on your own. At what point do you think you started to feel better? What What made you feel better through all of this process?
1: I don't think I've really felt better until I found out who he was. Because I, I didn't know what had happened to my mom, I didn't know the circumstances. And, and it just felt I felt lost. I felt really lost. And so it, it took me probably six, six months to a year to really find out to figure it all out. And, uh that was, I, like I said, I took a few months off from ancestry and any genealogy because I didn't want to have anything to do with it for a while. Uh, when I got back to it, I was determined and I just had a determined point of view. And once I was able to figure it out, um, I became much more at ease with it. Uh, but it still it was it was still pretty devastating and I realized too, I, I imagine others probably felt like this from what I've read about NPEs, but I, I've had to tell everybody <laughs> it was at first, I wanted to hide it. And like when I got my cousins tested, I wanted to hide the fact. And I told them, don't tell anyone, you know, and got them to test uh, through ancestry to verify the, uh the DNA. But uh, after after a while, uh, I became much more lighthearted about it mm-hmm. and much more at ease with it. And mm-hmm. and then I found like I was telling, I mean, I could be at a bus stop with someone and I'm I'm talking to them. You know, I'm wanting to tell them my story. It was like I had to tell everybody my story. <laughs> I, I didn't literally do that at a bus stop, but that's how I felt. Yeah. I wanted to, to tell everybody because it was like, I could hardly believe it myself, yeah. and it was at the forefront of my mind for for so long. It was the thing it it um, hijacks your brain, yep. and you that's all you can obsess on is trying to figure out where you're from, who you are, and that had me had me obsessed with figuring out who he was. And then trying to find out exactly what kind of man he was.
0: Wow. What a process. You went through this without any search angel. You figured this out. Yes. That's a lot of work.
1: Yeah. And then you feel like, uh, you feel kind of funny, um, on Facebook kind of sleuthing around and <laughs> you feel like you're stalking people, you know?
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I was actually, it's been about six months since I've looked up some of my family members on Facebook. And I was like, I think I'm due for a good eight hours of just <laughs> obsessing over these people again. Cause I, yeah, I know that feeling completely. Uh um, Ms. Cindy, do you have anything else you wanted to share before I get your contact information out there?
1: Just, I would say to people that, uh, it does get better. And I know, cause I've been through that and, and I had a tough time too. Like most every NPE has had, uh, but it does get better with time. Time does heal, even though it's a terrible saying for people a lot of times to hear that time heals, but, but it does heal and things do get better. And um, I'm not obsessed anymore. And I feel relaxed about, about who I am and how I got here. And not everyone has the same kind of answers that I feel like I've gotten though. And so I feel lucky that I've gotten answers through my half siblings through um, figuring out where my mother worked and where my uh, biological father worked. And um, I wish that my parents were still alive to talk to them about it, but I'll have to just figure the rest out on my own. And uh, it does get better.
0: Yeah, it does. Yes. Time does heal. It's important to keep saying for people that are listening that only found this out a week ago.
1: Oh, really hard.
0: Yes. Now if now Cindy, you said you're okay with people contacting you, right? Like if people want to know more about you, how could they do that?
1: They could write me at my email address.
0: Yeah. Um, will you remind me what that is? I'll put it in the show notes too. Okay, it's
1: just Cindy Sue at gmail.com. Just Cindy Sue at gmail.com. Great. I will and I'd be glad to talk to anybody uh, about it, um, about what we've been through and what a lot of people are still going through.
0: Thank you so much for being willing to do that. That that means a lot. Some people really kind of need handholding and mentors, especially in the beginning. And, and thank you for sharing your story with us today.
1: Thank you, Lily. Thank you very much.
0: These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.